Welcome Builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Welcome, Builders. It is great to have you listening to the Build Your Success Podcast today. This is a podcast where we build you so you can build others. You can also work on building your business, building your teams. We just like to build things around here. And uh, we do that through special guests and training. And today we have Richard Mobley on the line. Richard is a friend of mine, but he's also a John Maxwell coach, trainer, and speaker. And he gave me this bio I'm going to read to you. It's, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who made a difference in my life. He's a retired healthcare system executive, an executive coach, and a mentor, and a friend of mine. So welcome to the podcast today, Richard. Howdy, Brian. Really a great pleasure to be with you. Um, looking forward to our time together. Oh, I, I'm, I'm so excited to, to introduce my listeners to you. You've been a, a, a great influence in my life. You know, you're a real hard guy to pick out in a crowd of 3,000. <laughs> I say that jokingly because you know you're head and shoulders above everyone else. <laughs> if anybody uh, gets to meet Richard, you understand he's, he's a pretty tall guy. And I've, I've told people for, well, for going on seven decades, just look for the tallest, oldest guy in the room. The oldest part is relatively new, but I'm, I still qualify. Tallest, oldest guy in the room. Well, you've uh, been an inspiration to me, and I know a lot of the other team members on John Maxwell team, and I'm, I'm sure your tribe as well. So, again, it's just a pleasure to have you today. Let, let's dive into this. I want to talk to you. You know, one of the things you, you put on your application, and, and for my listeners, again, as always, you can apply to be a guest on the podcast. Just go to our website, click the link for an apl a guest application, and you can apply. So Richard's done that. Let me tell you one of the things he said here. He said, I remember owning my own business and coming to the realization that 100 people didn't work for me, I worked for them. Richard, I love that. I'd love you to speak into that. Yeah. I was a young uh, leader, um, promoted, probably promoted because I was tall. You know, I joke and say God gave people a reason to look up for, to me and, uh, you know, and not necessarily skill or aptitude or, or talent or anything like that. But I was a relatively, uh, relatively young leader and um, had a lot of the young leader foibles going on. You know, I thought I was all that. Uh, I knew I was smart. There's a clue right there. There's a clue right there that's a bad thing. Thought I was smart. Um, and uh, thought that I would come into an organization and bring a whole lot of new uh, ideas and shake things up and do it in a great new way. And I realized pretty quickly that uh, that wasn't true leadership. Um, Brian, I know you know this about me, but I'll tell your listeners, I I'm a person of faith. And so everything that I do, I sort of filter through three filters. The filter of uh, truth. Is it a truth? Is it a true statement? Yes or no? The the truth of knowledge, that the truth and knowledge are the same thing for me. The second filter is the truth of experience. Have I lived this? Do I know somebody who's lived this? Do I have the scars to prove it? That kind of thing. And the third filter I put things through is the, uh, the filter of scripture. So that just applies to me, not pushing that on you. But Brian, as that young leader, when I began to realize um, there's a verse that says, uh, do nothing uh, out of selfish ambition, 
but always be looking out for the interest of others. And when I flipped my leadership model and realized that they didn't work for me, but my task, my job at the top of the pyramid, if you will, was to find ways for them to make their jobs better so that they could serve our clients better, serve, you know, be better parents, all those kinds of things. When, when that thing flipped in my mind, it really changed our business and more changed my attitude, my outlook. I, I, I went from being a little bit of a sourpuss and a hard nose and a crack the whipper to a helper servant. I, I, I love actually the inverted pyramid org chart where the leader is at the bottom serving all the people up in that organization. So that was a big day for me. It's a long time ago, but I remember the change in our organization and how great it felt. Honestly, the people just breathed a huge sigh of relief. <laughs> so um, that works. That works. Don't look out for your own interests, but look out for the interests of others. That is wonderful. I hear you talk about that upside down pyramid org chart. I've been working on a core chart for years, and it's because of the leader of, of my company, Southeastern Construction, David Howe, was, is our president and owner, and he just has always been the heart of the company, not the head yeah. of the company. Yeah, yeah, and, awesome. And we tried to, you know, I tried to put that on paper, and I came up with a core chart. So your, your CEOs are in the middle, your, your executives are on the outer ring, and then just these rings go out, and it's just more about the core than, and flat organization than it is right. this hierarchical and again, it's serving people. I mean, you're in a position to, to set your people up, to tee them up for success. And that's going to take servant on your side. You have to serve them. You have to prepare for them. Make it easy. You know, try your best to make the people that work for you, their job become easier to do. And wow, how they'll perform when you do that. Yeah. Yeah. They have not had that experience at a lot of their other workplaces. And so when they do get that, um, it, it creates something special. They'll, they'll walk through fire for you when they Absolutely. know that you have their interest at heart. Absolutely. Yeah. Now anybody, once you get your heart engaged into something and you get people to volunteer for something, it, you can't stop them at that point. They're on a mission. <laughs> so. Well, that reminds me of the old joke. It isn't great leadership getting the other people to think that it was their idea in the first place. Absolutely. So, so, so you're, you're right. When it's my idea, I'm a lot more passionate about it. Exactly. And you got to give people the freedom to, to be able to yes, support you. Yes. They're yes. smart. They know yes. how to do stuff. Yeah. And, and that always, you know, allow them to make mistakes that you made so they can get the lessons that, that you got. Yeah. So another part of your application here, you talk about a decision about hard skills always leads to discovery about soft skills. And yeah. I'd like to, another one of my uh, guests one time told me they were foundational skills. I've got to yeah. agree with her on that point. Is, yeah. Is I don't like the term soft skills. I actually use the term essential skills. And, and let me explain that. Um, the, the work that I used to do, uh, I, I'm not going to talk about that. It's been a long time ago. And, the, and you know, it's said that if you don't have some new stories, then you're living in the past. And I, I definitely don't want to be doing that. But the work that I used to do, my career was pretty well defined. We helped hospitals and physicians improve their um, billing collection 
uh, record keeping, uh, medical records, all that kind of stuff. We were a systems company and we sold software and services. And it was in a box. It was pretty well defined. There was a, if you will, a widget attached to that. It was a thing that we did. And about eight years ago, when uh, I had the opportunity to pivot and begin doing coaching and training, it was really hard for me to describe. What is it, Richard, that you do? And, um, and actually, I still someday struggle with that a little bit. And so as a defensive measure, I also, be, I had been doing some business consulting. And so I just sort of rolled it all together. And the business consulting are what I call hard skills. And so I want to improve my sales. I'd like to hire better people. My, 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 uh, I don't have a mission statement. Um, uh, we, we're less productive than we need to be. All of those are hard skills. They can be measured. There's science behind them. There's ways that you can do that. Um, techniques, tactics, tricks that you can use to help people run their businesses in a better way related to those hard skills. But I discovered that uh, when I was out doing a, quote, hard skill gig, unquote, in every situation, the so-called soft skills or those essential skills became the real topic of conversation. Communication, attitude mindset, teamwork, engagement, all those things are the stuff that we do. They're so-called soft skills because they're fuzzy. They're hard to define. How do you measure them? How do you say that Brian is really better at that than, than Richard? And so uh, those, it's, I, I call them essential skills because without those, none of those hard skills can ever happen. You think about how the best customer, uh, the best companies that you have relationships with, they really excel at those essential skills. Now, they might be great technicians in their craft, but the thing that draws you back are those essential skills, how they treat you, how they made you feel. And so it became easier for me then when I recognized, hey, I might have to do some hard skill work to help get in the door so that I can earn the right to have an opportunity to speak into these other things and help these customers. Um, uh, but it was absolutely worth it. And it gives an opportunity then to really get down to where people um, struggle with doing the right thing or knowing how they ought to react or how they ought to respond. And uh, that's what I'm doing these days. It's a boatload of fun and a lot of gratification. When you see somebody, you know, the light clicks on and they, they begin getting it and their organization flips, they pivot and, and begin to do things in a better way. I could go on, I'm gonna stop there, I know you. <laughs> Richard, isn't that so rewarding to see that light switch go off for someone yeah. and, and, and recognize the potential opportunity that, that you've introduced them to? Yeah. You know, we both know that, that studies show, and I, I'm around it so it's easier for the listeners to remember. Success is 85% attitude and 15% skills. Yeah. We talk about being hired for our aptitude, our skills, what we can do, and then either being successful or being a failure because of our attitude. This, this attitude, this outlook on life is so important. If, if the studies show it's 85%, if we can get that done, we're going to be successful. Right. You know, if we if we have an outlook that is a positive attitude, and and a and a, a I'll say an aggressive attitude. Hey, 
let's work hard. Let, let's do this better than someone else does. Let's try very hard. If we can do that, then, then we've got, we've crossed a, a mountain yeah. that others have, have struggled to cross. Yeah. You, um, you, I'm sorry, I've got to take a little break here and branch a little bit. What you're talking about is average, right? And so many, many, many people think if I'm just average, I'll be okay. I'll fit into the middle of the pack. And, um, Brian, I'm, I'm trickerating on you here right now, but a few of us got together and wrote a book not that long ago called Breaking Average. And when you spoke about, when you, when you talked about that, it reminded me of this book where who wants to settle for average? Oh my goodness. That, that you know, if, if, if you were given a choice, nobody would choose uh, on uh, merely average. We, we all want to be above average. It's like the joke about guys. You know, you ask any guy and they will all say, yeah, oh yeah, I was an above average athlete which statistically is not possible. We can't all have been above average. Um, but breaking average is a mindset. It's a choice. It's work that you have to get in and do. So, yeah, exceed expectations. Yeah, That'll absolutely. And uh, it, it's so, you know, you hear about the 80-20 rule where 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Yeah. And, and, you, you also said statistically you can't be, everybody can't be above average. You have people that say they give 110%. That's impossible. impossible. You can't give 110%. The only reason you can say you give 110% is because most people are given 30%. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's sad, yeah. but it's true. And if we can, as leaders, can, can raise up, you know, if, if, if it's 80-20, what if we got it to be 50-50? Right. How much better would our organization be if, if we could make it a 50-50 proposition instead of 80-20 proposition? You know, yeah. that, that's the kind of goals I want to set and help and, and develop others to where they don't have to worry about someone taking their job if they train them for something. They, then we take the next step, guys. Let, let's, let's move forward. Yeah, there's a principle. Um, I teach it to CEOs or, or help CEOs recognize it uh, and other leaders do the job that only you can do and give everything else away. And you're right. A lot of folks are, are hoarders. They're, they're gathering tasks together. They're sitting on knowledge. They're not sharing and passing it along because they think that it threatens them in some way. And that, that, um, Scarcity thinking is a dangerous thing for a person, a family, a team, and an organization. And, uh, and so I encourage folks to be abundance thinkers. You know, not only is there an answer to this challenge, there's probably a thousand answers to this challenge if we sat and thought about it and took some action and moved toward it. Um, and abundance mentality works a lot. Give your job away. Give your job away. Give your job away. And um, unless you work for the worst leader on the planet, they're going to recognize that you've got aptitude and you've got bandwidth and you've got uh, an opportunity to grow in that organization rather than, rather than just holding on to everything and trying to hoard it all. Absolutely. It's a, it's, it's, it's a challenge to, to get there. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, but but that, when that light switch goes off, man, man, is it so important and, and, and such a way to step forward. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. 
This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict? reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. This, this is the Build Your Success podcast. I'm a builder. I'm a contractor constructor by trade. I just love seeing, and I learned now I like to build lives and, and build people. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, but you, and I, and I say build yourself and build others is my little, little slogan here. You said in your application, lead yourself, lead your team, and lead others. Yeah. Talk into that a moment. I just, I, just, I just love that, gravitated to it on the paper here. Yeah. So it really, I think your image earlier in our chat about the concentric circles with the uh, with the sea level leadership at the center of the circle and and other levels of leadership going out from radiating out from that um I, I talked about it a little bit earlier when i said i was a young leader and thought i had all the answers um, um not true and what i've come to realize and what i try to pass along to folks is you can't be an effective leader of others until you are an effective leader of yourself. Now, wait a minute. I didn't say be perfect. I didn't say have it all together, but there's a process involved of, of leading yourself. I think it number one involves humility. I, I've got a friend. He's your friend too, Brian. John Maxwell says, I know me. And that just, that's not a teardown thought. It's not a teardown thought. But when you think about it, and listener, when you think about that, you know yourself better than anybody else on the planet. And there are things in there that only you can fix. Only you can work on. The world might not even see those things inside of you. And so number one, when you lead yourself, you get some clarity. I think it takes humility to lead yourself and recognize I don't have it all. I, there is more. I, I think there's a sense of adventure, uh, adventure in that um, in that discovery of of finding and leading yourself, because there is so much more that we can do, and such a big world out there. When you can lead yourself, then you're qualified to pass that along. Why did we go through these things so that we can help others in their very same situation. That's the part of leading others, uh, leading your team rather. And by the way, that team is not just a workplace. That's your spouse. That's your family. That may be your, your, your kids, those closest to you. And when you have the respect of those closest to you, then you know that you're really making progress as a leader. Lead yourself first, lead your team, and then you can go lead others. And maybe that's that larger workforce at the workplace. Maybe that's some civic opportunity that you've got or a, an organization or a church, something like that. Uh, anyway, it's a concentric circle model, Brian. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, that's, that's what I try to look. Th there's nothing profound about that. That's what I'm trying to do for myself. Like if I can't keep myself under control, how could I go tell somebody else what they ought to be doing? It's disingenuous. And so, yeah, do it first for yourself and then uh, pass it along to others. 
listeners, that is gold right there. I, I hope you're writing some of this down if you're able to. If you're not driving, if you are driving, go back and listen to this part. <laughs> this leading yourself. But but also, I want to back up where Richard said, not perfect. You know, to lead, you're, you can't, no one's perfect. So let's, let's right. just figure that out right now. And we, uh, we, we sometimes don't think we can help others if we're not perfect, but we can. We can help them in our unique way with our unique capabilities and our imperfections. And, and just recognize that, please. Uh, man, that was gold. I, man, you just spoke into me there, Richard. I appreciate that. <laughs> Brian, it really goes back to that humility. Like you, we've been around those guys and gals who, you know, the, the swagger, the, the, the bravado, the, I call it the empty suit syndrome, you know, but that, that humble leader where, you know, when you've stepped up to him or her, they've got it together. It, it, it just comes out, you know, there's, there's a strength, there's an aura, there's a, there's a firm, there's a solidity there. Substance is there. You can sort of feel it when you're around it. You know, we, we spent a lot of time on attitude the last few minutes and, and, and as one of those essential skills or foundational skills. Yeah. But there was one more you put in there I want to have a conversation about is communication. It, and it's so important in business and life. Yeah. Let's talk about communication. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a KISS guy. Keep it short and simple. <clears throat> and for me, communication boils down to this picture that I'm looking at. You know, here we are on a Zoom meeting and I can see myself and I can see you. <clears throat> and what I see on you is two ears and one mouth. And what I see on me is two ears and one mouth. And the simple, the KISS method of that is, I, I, I need to be talking half as much as I'm listening. And for me, what has proven to be valuable, I mean, my experience has been, um, shut up and listen, shut up and listen. Sometimes that message that the other person is giving is uh, unclear, it's unfocused, it might be emotional, it could at times be irrational, they may have lost it, they might be talking foolishness, or maybe they're just off on a misunderstanding of what the basic question was. There's lots of ways that that quote communication could go wrong. There's lots of things that I listen to that I know aren't right. They, they're, they're factually wrong or they're emotionally wrong. Um, but get, being generous and allowing that other person the opportunity to get that out of their system so that we can, number one, let's find something we can't agree on <laughs> and use that as a basis to go forward. You know, I, I'm a builder. You're a builder. I'm a builder. And I, what I want to do is build relationships so that people can then give me an opportunity to speak into them. And often, often they're speaking into me at the very same time. The communication for me is much more about listening um, than it is about telling. Let me give you, if we got a second, I want to give you one quick little example. So we got it. I often call that, I use the, what I call the pitching and catching analogy, pitching and catching. And so in baseball, which is more important, the pitch or the catch? It's hard to say. Hard to say. You could go either way. So let me, let me try to demonstrate. So, Brian, here's the ball. I'm going to pitch it to you. Boom. There it went. Straight to you, right in your left. Okay, you caught. Which is more important, the pitch or the catch? Hard to say. 
hard to say. Let's try this. Hey, Brian, second, second pitch. Catch this one. You can't catch a pitch that I don't throw to you that's easily catchable. What's the secret to communication? Giving somebody a pitch that they can catch. Don't talk over them. Don't use lingo. All the little, we, we could fill that up forever. But more importantly, it's an attitude that says, Brian, I'm trying to communicate with you. Let me make myself clear. Did you understand? Let me give you a pitch that you can catch. In other words, it's more important. The pitch is more important. And so if I'm a, the leader in the organization, I've got to make sure that I'm communicating in a way that my people can absorb. That's the secret to communication. So give them something they can catch. And number one, listen. Uh, and number two, listen twice as much as you talk. By the way, I'm not modeling that for you right now. I feel like I'm talking a lot. <laughs> um, but listening is the most important thing. Well, you're life. our guest today and, and, and you got to speak. We, we came to hear from you. So we're, we're good with that today. But it's definitely a great lesson about the listening. I, I have found as I have learned better and, and to my disgrace, it's been in the last several years now uh, to listen better. And, and I'm yeah. still working on it very diligently. Yeah. But sometimes the question that pops in my mind that I typically would have asked you uh, in the middle of your conversation, you will probably answer that for me if I'll just keep listening. Yeah. And it, that interruption where, Oh, I got an idea. I got to tell you yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. I've learned of the slow down. The other thing that I, I force myself to do is take notes. When I'm uh, listening good. to someone, that slows me down, makes me think. And when I have it captured in a note, I don't have to think about it uh, to, to, to ask you that at the end of your speech or your conversation. Uh, I can let you speak to your fullest extent, and then I can ask my question. Yeah. And, and this podcast, I'll be honest, has helped me learn to do that because oh, I have good. to wait on the guest to finish their thought while I'm, you know, taking notes and waiting for the next question. Yes. So listen, I saved this last one. It's at the front of your application, but I intentionally saved it for last because it's so important. Richard, you're a, you're a seasoned man. Uh, you say here, I remember 60 years old and recognizing the difference between success and significance. Yeah. I want to hear that one. Um, I'd been in healthcare. Our company had been sold when I was about, uh, 53 or four. doesn't really matter. Mid fifties or young, really young. <laughs> it's getting younger all the time. That was, uh, that was uh, a little over, well, 20 years ago or, or more. And I knocked around for a couple of years doing some consulting work and um, uh, got tired of being on a plane. I'd been on a plane for 20 years and um, I hung it all up. And so I was <clears throat> maybe 55, 56, something like that. And uh, my wife, Jackie, and I had a few rent houses and I decided I was just going to be the handyman, fix it guy, work for Jackie, the landlord, um, you know, never do a board meeting, never do a quarterly earnings call, never have a quota, never have anybody reporting to me ever again. And Brian, it lasted, uh, I don't know, a month. I endured it for two or three years. Nothing wrong with the work. 
all work is honorable work in my view, but it wasn't uh, fulfilling the purpose for which I was put on the planet. And I do believe we all have something unique to us that our heavenly father has for us to accomplish. He's equipped us for that. <clears throat> Lots of people can plunge a toilet. Nothing wrong with plunging a toilet. It's honorable work. I'm not better than that. I, I mean, there's, there's lots of people that can do it better than me. <laughs> but um, I was frustrated. I was a little ornery. I was unfulfilled. And uh, one day Jackie came to me and said, Richard, <clears throat> I think you need to go get a job. <laughs> and it wasn't, hey, retired guy, get out of my house. You know, you're, you're making me antsy. She followed it up in a beautiful way. And she said, Richard, you are dying inside and it's coming out all over the rest of us. And it was true. And honestly, Brian, that's when I found the John Maxwell team. Um, I, I wanted to go do equip John's nonprofit uh, organization that trains church leaders all over the globe. But I had vowed to myself, I would never get on a plane again. And so that was out for me. And I found the John Maxwell team and um, John had a little uh, vid, uh, audio talked about finding your why. And I think I was 59 years old when I found that and listened to it. And again, some of your audience has probably heard this, but I'll just repeat it. Finding your why. Um, three or four things that he said. Number one, do something that makes a difference at a time that it makes a difference with people who want to make a difference. And I listened to that uh, talk, wept like a baby. He was talking to me. I'd had success as the world views success. Um, we had done good work in my previous career. I used to tell my people all the time, look, we might be programmers and accountants and, and, and coders and customer service reps and sales guys. But when we do our job well, we help physicians and hospitals do their job better. We're helping healthcare, okay? That doc can be a better doc because he or she's not worried about payroll. We're handling that for them. They can concentrate on their, their, their gifts, their skills, their training. Anyway, that felt like a why. Um, plunging toilets for me was not the why that I needed, the thing that I was made for. And when John said, do something that makes a difference at a time that it makes a difference with people that makes a difference, it, I, I'm going to circle back to what we first started with. I realized then I needed to be doing something that was not about me, but was more looking out for other people. And so I, I think all leaders fall short. And what I get to do these days is help people, help leaders bridge that gap so that they can live up to their potential and then they can recognize the vision, the mission, the, the purpose that's in there for them. So that's what I've been able to do the last eight years. Um, it's, been a, it's been a dang big deal. <laughs> And, Richard, and a lot of fun. I know from meeting several other members of the John Maxwell team that you have made a significant mm. impact on us, on, on the team, many of yeah. us. 
That's humbling. Well, we're at that place, man, and it's, it's a great place to end on recognizing what a great job you've done. Tell our listeners what you're doing, how they can get in contact with you, anything you want to do, let our listeners know about what you got going on. Please do it. Well, as I said, I think all leaders do fall short. I'm one of them who's fallen short, and uh, I'd love to help you bridge that gap. We do that in a couple of ways. Um, what what might be uh, most interesting for your listeners and uh, is to just take a look at a mastermind group that I'm uh, hosting all the time. We call it the Be Far More group. That's based out of Ephesians 3.20. Did you know, Brian, that God can do more, immeasurably more, far more than even you can think or imagine. So we've named our group the Be Far More group. Um, you, you can find it at um, BeFarMore.com. I'd love for you to go to check that out. We do a couple of things there. There's a mastermind group that you might consider. Um, that's just a group of like-minded people who, uh, who help build you up. We're an accountability group. We're a sounding board sort of an unofficial board of directors, if you wish. It'll help you if you're a solopreneur or if you're the CEO of fill-in-the-blank organization. I'm also doing something there that's called a bullet coaching. And so a lot of folks, I think, I think everybody needs a coach, Brian. And um, uh, many of us choose not to do that. Bullet coaching is a, a system I've put together. I'll give you unlimited 15-minute calls per year for one very low flat fee. Uh, take, you, you can find that on that Be Far More uh, website as well. Uh, there's only two conditions. Number one, you pay. And number two, at the end of every 15-minute conversation, we're going to walk away with an agreed-upon assignment that you're going to complete. And you can't schedule another appointment until you completed that assignment. So it's great accountability there. And, uh, and, and honestly, it's, it's, it's fat. It's bullet, it's bulletproof, uh, really works well. So I, I'd love to connect with your folks if they've got interests in either of those areas. Well, we appreciate that. And, and having utilized your coaching services, I know you give things to be done and expect, the next session that they get done. And I appreciate you for that. So thanks so much for being on the podcast today for our listeners. I'm going to list all that in the show notes. Do me a favor, wherever you're listening to this podcast, go to that platform, give us an honest review and rating, share this podcast with others. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Thank you. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.